Today's story concerns adult subject matter for mature listeners. If that's not your cup of tea, or there are youngsters listening, please skip this one and come back for another story another time. You're listening to The Voice of Dog, and today's story is Snow Puppy by Patrick, who is a furry writer that enjoys commissioning art involving nudism, exhibitionism, and other sorts of naked shenanigans, and writing short stories around them. He can be found mainly on Fur Affinity and Twitter. This story was edited by fellow writer Marcus Heckenberry, and was inspired by the art made by Cersei and Bassi Befuddle. Today's story will be read for you by Crimson Ruari, the Mountain Smith. Please enjoy Snow Puppy by Patrick. I've always loved winter, and I don't just mean the holidays, even if that does happen to be one of the reasons I enjoy the solstice. I'm talking about the whole three months of it. I love the snow days with the beautiful sight of icicles hanging from housetops and white snow gathered atop roofs and tree branches. I look forward to drinking cups of hot cocoa with my family after spending time in the chilly outdoors. The total lack of bugs outside of Pesaros is also a huge advantage over the other seasons. Heck, if I really put my mind to it, I could probably write a whole book about all the reasons I love winter. However, if I had to choose only one reason out of all the reasons why I love winter, I would have to go with my fur. See, I know most people enjoy the summer with school vacations and perfect beach weather, but as a poodle who doesn't shed their coat naturally, that summer heat is an absolute pain to be me. I've gotten heat stroke so many times as a kid because I wouldn't let my parents cut my fur short. Now that I'm a full-grown adult, I make sure to put in the time and effort to properly groom myself for the warmer months of the year. Still, that doesn't mean it isn't a hassle in and of itself. It takes way too long and gets way too messy to do it by myself, and if I go to a professional grooming place, it eats up all the money in my bank account. Sure, I could ask a friend for help, but it just doesn't feel right putting the burden on somebody else, especially if they're not as experienced with grooming as I am. And don't even get me started on the post-grooming itching. Ugh. No joke, one time it lasted a whole two days. Two days of nonstop itching all over my body. And I usually just have to deal with this bullshit every other week because my hair just won't stop fucking growing. Every year, I pray for fall to come early because once October comes around, I throw my scissors and buzz cutters into the back of my dresser and I don't lay a finger on them until next year. As the temperature begins to drop, my fur begins to grow, and by the time it gets below freezing, I have my own winter sweater covering my entire body. Some people have to put on layers upon layers to feel warm, but I could just go out in a t-shirt, jeans, and shoes and feel just as warm and fuzzy as if I was wrapped up in a blanket by the fireplace. Heck, I could probably walk out there wearing nothing but a scarf and I'd still be nice and warm. Obviously, I've never tried that before, My winter coat doesn't conceal my breasts or my crotch, and even if it did, I doubt the town police would be very welcoming of the sight. Then again, who says I have to go out in public? I have a perfectly exceptional backyard that I could use instead. Of course, there's the issue of my parents catching me, but maybe one day it'll snow while they're both at work. With all this time during winter break and nothing to do until school starts back up, the idea of playing naked in the snow sounds like way too much fun to pass up. That settles it. If it ever snows while parents are out, I'm going to make damn sure I take full advantage of it and seize the moment. 
From catching snowflakes on my tongue to making snow angels and snowmen, I'm going to do it all. Maybe I could invite someone over to have a nude snowball fight with, or even take a few stylish outdoor photos of me and my fur. I bet I could make some interesting holiday cards for my lovers out of pictures like those. Or even better, I could make love in the snow with one of them. Mmm! The thought alone is getting me seriously wet. I can hardly wait for the opportunity to come. I can't believe Percy sometimes. I mean, I love her to death, but every now and then, she goes and does something absolutely ridiculous and has the audacity to be completely baffled when it comes back and bites her in the ass. For example, just yesterday, she texted me out of the blue asking me if I wanted to come over to her place and have a naked snowball fight in her backyard, which admittedly sounded fun in theory. However, common sense and dozens of winter camping trips and scouts reminded me how much of a horrible idea that was. Besides, it's I couldn't come over anyway since the roads weren't plowed yet. I heavily declined and persisted that she should reconsider the idea. Unfortunately, she didn't listen, because today she texted me saying she went outside anyway, and now she's sneezing up a storm. She practically begged me to come over and take care of her. So with the weather cleared up and the roads finally plowed and salted, that's exactly what I did, picking up some zinc from the drugstore on the way to her house. Hello, thank you for coming, she weakly greeted after opening the door for me, wrapped in a bathrobe and layered in blankets, her eyes jaded and her sinuses full of phlegm. Hello, I echoed, walking inside. She already had a chair set up right next to the lit fireplace. After she let me in, I asked her how long she was out in the snow. Her answer? Two hours. Two hours, buck-ass naked in the snow. It was genuinely a miracle she hadn't gotten hypothermia from that much exposure to cold, and I told her as such. But my winter coat was supposed to keep me warm, she said. I was tempted to explain to her how fur loses its ability to retain heat when it gets wet, just like cotton does, and give her the whole I'm not mad, I'm just disappointed talk. But with her lungs coughing up a storm and her nose dripping like a rusty spigot, it was clear she was already miserable enough without my help. As unhappy as I am with her reactions, I still cared about her. That's why I bothered to visit. As for everything else, the zinc should help. I gave her a lozenge to suck on and threw a log into the fireplace. Anything else I can do for you? I offered. Yeah, could you also make me some green tea, please? It's in the cupboard over the stove. As I filled the kettle with water, I could hear the sick puppy going into a coughing fit in the living room. Poor girl. Any other day, she'd greet me in her birthday suit with an excited kiss on the beak before pulling me into her bedroom and taking off my clothes as well. Speaking of which, I couldn't help but recall how she had once told me that she liked how I looked in just my feathers. At the time, she was the only person who had ever seen me naked. I still don't know what she saw in an overweight avian like me, but hearing her say that made me feel a lot more comfortable about my body. Placing the kettle on the stove, it also dawned on me how warm the whole house was. Percy must have turned up the heating to combat the shivers. With the fibers of my hoodie starting to irritate my arms, I slid it off and let my arms breathe. As I folded the hoodie, I began to feel the same discomfort along my denim-covered legs. With a very obvious solution in mind, I hatched a devious little plot. I may not give her the I'm not mad, I'm just disappointed treatment, but if I'm going to spend my day playing nanny to her, then I might as well give her the look-but-don't-touch treatment. I kicked off my shoes and set them down under the kitchen table. 
After that came the socks, then the jeans, then the undershirt. With every article of clothing, I made sure to neatly fold each garment and lay it down in a pile on the table. Down to my boxer briefs, I ran my hands along my arms and belly, enjoying their textile emancipation. Still, my best assets, according to Percy, were still covered, and who was I to deny her what she held in such high regard? Sticking my thumbs into my waistband, I tugged my drawers to the floor and surrendered myself to my natural state. As if on cue, steam began to whistle out of the kettle. With haste, I folded up my underwear and shut the stove off. Do you want anything in your tea? I called out. No, thank you, Percy answered. With that, I poured our cups and let the tea steep. In no time at all, I had one piping hot mug of green tea in each hand, ready to make my grand entrance. Peeking in, I saw the canine huddled up by the fire, gazing at the embers kindling from the hearth. Silently, I made my way towards her, presenting myself all the while, until she noticed the bright green anomaly in her peripheral vision. She did a double take in my direction. I couldn't help but crack a smile, having gotten the reaction I wanted out of her. Nice dick, she eventually quipped, letting out a small chuckle. Thanks, I replied, handing her one of the mugs. I thought the sight might cheer you up a bit. You're welcome. Shame you can't play with it, though, I stated coyly. I bet you would have had plenty of fun with it if you weren't so sick. Not yet satisfied, I spun around and lifted my tail, rubbing one of my cheeks with my empty hand as I eyed her over my shoulder. You like this butt of mine, too, right? You probably could have kneaded it and spanked it all you wanted, but you might get me sick if you did that now. The sick puppy reached a hand out at me and tried to swat me on the tuckus, but I dodged her just in time. Don't be a dick, Pat, she whined. Aw, oh, but I thought you liked my dick, I disputed. She responded by giving me the ugliest death glare she could muster. All right, all right, I conceded, sitting down in front of the fireplace. But you have said before that you liked how I looked in nothing but my feathers, so excuse me if I don't immediately go and put my clothes back on. Now, let me just get myself comfortable. With that said, I splayed myself out on her floor, laying on my side the same way a nude model would pose on a lounge chair for a portrait, presenting my assets to the perverted poodle's perception. After I finished teasing her and settled down, we eventually segued into casual conversation. We covered the usual topics, local punk bands, college courses, cult films from the 70s and 80s, etc. Occasionally she'd sneeze or cough mid-sentence, but she was generous enough to face away from me whenever it happened. Inevitably, however, our conversation drifted into the topic of our sexual exploits. Specifically, a threesome she'd had a few weeks ago with her boyfriend and another woman. She ended up going into fine detail about how great Andrew's tongue felt on her clit, and how the other woman was a really great kisser, and how she got experience both in a magnificent reverse spit roast, and, well, her story excited me. Really excited me, in fact. And considering the revealing position I was sitting in by the fireplace, there really wasn't much I could do to hide it. You fucking tease, she scolded, looking at my now hardened cock. But I didn't do it on purpose, I retorted. It has a mind of its own. I didn't even touch it. Percy rolled her eyes and continued with her erotic account of her threesome. She was detailing how delicious her fellow female's pussy tasted when she got to eat her out when I noticed her eyes glance lower. Then it happened a second time, and then a third, and a fourth. And the glances got longer until eventually she was staring the entire time, fumbling over her words with Freudian slips. 
Okay, I can't take it anymore, she whined. It's too distracting. What, you mean that? I asked, pointing to my lower body. Yes. I told you, I'm not doing anything, I defended. If anything, it's probably reacting to your crazy sex story. Don't pin this on me, you cocky bastard. I didn't understand. It was just a boner. Percy must have already seen dozens of them. Sure, I set out to tease her, but how was one measly erection giving her such a headache? Then again, she likely had a headache long before I arrived. Still, doting on my current situation, there was only one option that was available. Percy may have told me to stop teasing her, but if she wanted my erection to stop distracting her... You want me to do something about it, Percy? I smirked. Well, it's not like I can take care of that myself. I don't plan on getting you sick, too, she commented before blowing into a tissue. Poor me, I joked coyly, sneaking a hand down along my belly, sliding ever closer to my genitalia. Guess I'll just have to take care of it myself. Grabbing my shaft, I began my ministrations, massaging the meaty rod with my fingertips. The canine sighed, rolling her eyes. I should have seen this coming. Despite her criticism, she did nothing to stop me from toying with myself, nor did she look away. So I continued my actions, rubbing my member from base to the tip, entertaining my audience of one by the light of the fire like the third act of a lewd theater. Shaking things up a bit, I thrusted my hips forward, accentuating the pillar of pleasure I was currently caressing, and sped up my hands' movements. I closed my eyes and allowed my mind to wander, reminiscing about all the lewd adventures I'd had. From the first time I'd ever played with Percy's breasts to the many times I've walked outside naked below the waist using these memories as fuel to push myself closer to climax. I opened an eye and peeked at the canine in the corner. A scowl of mock disdain on her face had been replaced with wide-eyed curiosity, with her leaning forward for a better view of my masturbation. How ironic! The poodle who first taught me the joys of exhibitionism was now the one taking the role of the passive voyeur while I unabashedly pleasured myself right in her living room. I winked in her direction before closing my eyes and let out a moan. Her gaze upon my lewd machinations only motivated me to pump my length even faster, bringing myself closer to climax. I groaned as I tried to hold myself back, struggling with each second, desperately wanting the sensation to last just a little bit longer but it was all in vain. Before I lost myself to the pleasure, I tilted my dick upwards towards my body so as to avoid coming all over Percy's floor, all while continuing my movements, rapidly approaching my threshold of pleasure. Seconds later, my walls had burst and white, sticky fluid erupted from the head of my cock, splattering all over my stomach in several bursts. Holy crap, Percy explained. That's a lot of jizz. At least, that's what I think, she said. I wasn't done coming yet. After the fifth or so spurt of semen, I had fully milked myself. I released my grasp on myself, my hand dripping with the same white essence that covered my belly. Admiring the mess that I had made on my body, I licked the warm fluid from my fingers and swallowed it before turning to Percy. Was it as good for you as it was for me? I joked. That's a lot of jizz, Percy repeated. So I've heard. Seriously, though, that's a lot of jizz, the canine echoed. All right, all right, I waved it off, pushing myself back onto my feet, careful not to let any of the white blotches drip off my body. Is it okay if I use your shower? I asked. This is going to be a bitch to get out of my feathers if I don't take care of it now. 
Go ahead, she shrugged. With her permission, I made my way to the bathroom, making sure to raise my tail and give Percy one last view of my green ass as I exited. However, she must have been too in her own head to notice, because as I left the room, I heard her talking to herself. Damn, that was a lot of jizz. Well, at least I left an impression on her regardless. This was Snow Puppy by Patrick, read for you by Crimson Ruari, the Mountain Smith. You can find more stories on the web at thevoice.dog or find the show wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening to The Voice of Dog. <laughs>